Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Colette Schaefer, who has a powerful story of overcoming crippling anxiety in her life. She is one who is broken free, and you are going to be so blessed by her story. Colette, welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to speak to your listeners today. Oh, it's an honor to have you. So Colette, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? Sure. Well, like most of us, we wear many hats. I am a wife of 25 years this summer. We are in the empty nesting transition. So our oldest graduated from college and just got married in September 5th. We have a beautiful bonus daughter now, another daughter, she's in college, and then our youngest is a senior in high school. So we're enjoying this time of life and it's definitely a transition. My husband and I are actually considered home missionaries. We pastor in the middle of South Dakota on the Cheyenne River Reservation. And when I say in the middle of South Dakota, the middle of nowhere, we have more cows than we do people. (laughs) And it's two hours to the nearest Walmart. So that gives you a little perspective of kind of where we are. So it's definitely a mission field. I'm a part-time music teacher in our public school, as well as have a private music studio where I teach lessons. Then my latest endeavor that I absolutely love is author and writer. Oh, well, that is quite an adventure you have. And (laughs) I used to live, uh, we recently moved in the last six months, and I thought where I lived was remote, but two hours away from a Walmart, that is remote. That is remote. (laughs) We are very remote. Yeah. Uh, But you're where God has called you. And um, that is awesome, beautiful, amazing that out of your obedience that you guys are there. And I'm going to continue praying for you that the work you do there is very free fruitful and continues to flourish there. So Colette, share with us today, when did you first notice anxiety or panic attacks in your life? What was happening in your life at that time? Just take us through that part and that story. Sure. Well, you know, I was so naive as to what anxiety was. Hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty, And looking back through my life, even as a child, I had extreme test anxiety and performance anxiety, and I didn't know what it was. I just knew when I would get ready to take a test or perform either a piano recital or acting in play, I would totally blink out and not remember anything. I remember sitting at the keyboard just thinking, what are these notes? And I didn't know that was anxiety. And so it progressed through my married life. And at the peak, my husband and I had graduated from our pastor's school seminary. We were in our first little church and we grew that church from 20 members to 100 in five years. It was just a busy time, a stressful time. 
So it, it reminded me of one of those waitresses that come out with a bladder full of plates and everything. And you're watching them thinking, are they going to make it to the table? And that was me trying to balance everything in my life. Again, we were pastoring a small church. Our children were young. I was a substitute teacher. I had a music studio of around 36 students. And then on top of everything, I decided to go back to college and finish my teaching degree, taking about 18 to 20 credits a semester. To say, you know, I had a lot going on was probably an understatement. And so busy, being busy is one thing that is stressful, but I believe the anxiety attacks were also brought on with the thought that I had to be perfect in doing those things. You know, our church didn't have the finances for children's curriculum, so I, I wrote it, as well as the VBSs, even down to the music. My kids, I didn't just give them a birthday party, I had to throw an elaborate party, even learning how to decorate these amazing cakes and I felt like I had to do it all to the nth degree. You know, my home always had to be presentable. Grades had to be up there. Everything I did, I felt like I was performing for everybody else. And I had to keep this standard up. On top of all of that, you know, our finances were tight. Uh, we lived 18 hours away from the closest family. Both sets of our grandparents were around, you know, the same age. So they were passing away. I think we lost five grandparents. I lost an uncle and we lost a cousin in that two to three year time span. And then my mother-in-law was also in the last stages of battling cancer. So you've compact all of those things and anxiety and panic attacks were becoming more regular. Again, I didn't know what was happening to my body. I didn't have a label of this is an anxiety attack. I just knew I couldn't breathe. I knew my heart was beating and I didn't know why. I would often do jumping jacks or run in place to give my heart a reason to beat so fast. I didn't know if I was having a heart attack and I would even go to the doctor and they put monitors on me and found nothing. So it all came to a head. I was in one of my college classes the last semester of school and I wasn't feeling so good. And so I decided I would get up to leave and go to another room. And as I was getting up, I just collapsed on the floor. and. I knew what was going on around me, but I couldn't summons my body to move. I couldn't make myself talk. My body had this kind of like one of those forced shutdowns that your computer does. Uh, when it you know, won't work or whatever, you have to do a forced shutdown. And it was kind of like my body just said, um, enough is enough, forced shutdown. We went to the doctor and again, the doctor thought actually that I was pregnant. And I said, no, I'm not pregnant. I even suggested that it was probably stress and they just dismissed it. So I never really received the help I needed naturally uh, from all of that. So that kind of gives you a, a nutshell of kind of where it came to a head. And really, it sounds like in a lot of ways, you know, going back, as you have mentioned, going back to that performance anxiety and test anxiety as a child, but also that pull, that push to be perfect and that you needed to fill every need. So if there was a need, then you needed to fill it. Right. It wasn't necessarily, okay, there's a need, let's pray and see if God will provide it somewhere else. You just immediately right. stepped into that. Right, and a lot of it, you know, as a pastor's wife, if something isn't being done, just like as a mom, if something isn't done, step in and do it. Yeah, because you really bring up the combination of, 
you know, somebody having anxiety and dealing with perfectionism, but also being a pastor's wife in a small church where you and your husband are the ones that do a majority of the things that you need to be done in the church because you don't have as many resources. And so it sounds like the combination of everything that was going on was the perfect storm in your life. It was was a perfect combination of it. Yeah, yeah. And then the weight of it. And I really appreciate because I was about to ask you, you know, explain what it felt like in your body. Because a lot of individuals, as they're listening to this right now, they're thinking, oh, that's what happens to me. You know, I have a racing heart or I can't catch my breath and nothing's going on. I recall when I was in my early 20s, I had one incident, one panic attack and had called the nurse, the the hotline that you called it see, am I supposed to go to the hospital or not? And they sent me to the hospital and they said, you know, you had an anxiety attack or a panic attack. And I said, I was sitting in my chair. I was sitting in my chair watching TV and I had a baby and my daughter was asleep. There was no stress in my life at that moment, but it was because of unresolved issues that had happened in the past that anxiety was built up in my body. So for you, your story is one that so many of us can relate to, especially type A personalities, which I'm just going to be the first to say, yes, I am a type A personality. (laughs) I guess maybe I'm a reformed or I'm in the process of being molded and reformed from feeling like I have to do everything. Yeah, Really, it's those who strive to, to do it all, to be perfect. And maybe you're gifted because it sounds like for you, you're gifted and there is many roles that you can step in and do. But we also don't want to disappoint others. What was that turning point for you? And tell us about your fully restored story. Sure. And I I like that you touched on the anxiety attacks happen when you are least expecting it. Yeah. Just to go back to that just really quick. I felt the same way. Like why this can't be anxiety. This can't be stress because right now I'm feeling relaxed. Mm -hmm. So it's at those points. But you know, I was able to find healing. It wasn't until it kind of came to another head. My mother-in-law unfortunately lost her battle with cancer, but she's home with the Lord. But this was the last week of my schooling. Uh, Graduation was coming up just that week. So my mother-in-law passed away. We were able to go back 18 hours and be there um, before she passed and everything and for the funeral. But then when I got back, I had to make up finals. My students that I had my studio, we had contests that we had to go to. My youngest son had a birthday party, which again, I had to make the perfect cake. I had graduation. I had a senior recital. I had all of these things. And when it was all done, I remember taking a shower and sobbing and sobbing. And even thinking about it just makes me tear up. It was just a release. And it was that deep mourning and just sobbing that I had kept it all inside because I had to be okay for everybody else. I had to be okay for my husband. I had to be okay for my kids. I had to be okay for all of these. And I kept heaping it on my shoulders instead of giving it to God. And that's where real healing came was when I realized I can't carry this anymore. Yeah. And actually we ended up moving from there. God moved us to where we are now which, like I said, is the middle of nowhere. And it caused me again to just restart, I guess, a a fresh start. 
when we moved here, uh, we didn't have a house. We lived out of the church for two and a half years. There's no housing where we are. So there wasn't a, I have to keep my house looking nice. I had to, you know, people didn't know really who I was yet. So it was just a forced slowdown and have cell service for quite a while. So that natural, you know, we did not want to come where we were. That was the last thing I wanted to do was come in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't our ideal, but looking back, it was what I needed to get healthy. It was the best thing for our kids and for us. And our church is amazing now. So God knows, you know, when you trust him, And then God just started teaching me, Colette, your focus was on you, what you could do. And like you said, being that type A and having abilities, you just do it. You just do those things and you don't stop and say, okay, it's okay if those things don't get done. I don't have to do everything. God, what am I supposed to do? And what am I supposed to just lay aside? And maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't, that thing doesn't get picked up and it's okay. And being okay with that, letting something drop because you can't do it all. And so God just really took me through a time of saying, where is your focus? Where is your time being spent? He prompted me, you know what? You need to start getting up early and just spending that time in prayer and reading the word. Now I'm a pastor. I should know those things, right? But we just get so busy with our to-do list and studying the word was for other people and it was for, you know, this or that, this Bible study that I had to get ready for. It wasn't to nourish myself. Mm -hmm. And so taking that time and really saying, okay, God, teach me. I'm sitting at your feet. I'm going to quiet myself. And he began just to heal and to reveal things about myself that perfection part of me that I guess had buried. I didn't realize. I just thought it was something I had to do. So I did it. So that was when the healing really started. And of course, it's an ongoing thing. We're all a work in progress. I don't think we ever get to a point and we say, aha, I am have arrived, right? Absolutely. As you were talking, I was thinking about how God, in his love for you and his grace and mercy, he pulled you aside to a place where you couldn't easily be distracted, where you couldn't easily get sidetracked and get involved in other things, even having limited cell service. And he really was pulling you aside because of his great love for you and not wanting you to continue down that path and probably of prayers that you ask, like, Lord, heal me. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to move you, which we need to recognize God's answer doesn't always come in the form that we expect it to. But looking back, we'll be able to say that was exactly what I needed, as you have said, moving you all to that new church and to a more remote place was definitely Mm -hmm. God's best plan so that he could do that work in you and that you could be healed and walk in the fullness of who he created you to be and not be bound up with anxiety to the degree and level. Because we do recognize anxiety can still pop up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a part of, you know, life is learning how to manage it, learning how to recognize it. Or what was the root of that? Yeah. Okay, I need to deal with the root. Yeah. And part of the root could be of overdoing for everyone else because we can't do it. And that 
mindset that God changed in you that, okay, if somebody doesn't do it, it's okay to let it go. Now, you have given yourself a name, Wonder Poppins, (laughs) based on the combination of Wonder Woman and Mary Poppins, which is so perfect. And I love that, which again, that no pun intended saying this is perfect. But the example for so many of us who struggle with trying to do it all and being perfectionist. When do you think that that started with you? Do you remember as a child or was that in your adult years that you talked about? And what do you think was that driving force behind it? Well, you know, growing up, I was an 80s kid. So Wonder Woman and Mary Poppins were two of my favorite characters. And I think one of the things that drew me to these characters was that they knew who they were and acted calm and collected. And they, you know, just knew what to do in every given situation. But I think the name kind of came from my family joking that I really was Wonder Woman or I was like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. And I think it was just this vicious cycle. The more people say, oh, you're perfect. You can do it all. You're so creative. You can blah, blah, blah. You want to live up to that. Yeah. And your reward kind of comes from other people. Mm-hmm saying, wow, you're talented. Wow, you are creative. Instead of my reward coming from God saying, yes, that's exactly what I needed you to do. Mm -hmm. Good job in here. God's perspective and people's perspective are different. And so I was I was so hungry for people's approval. And it's still, I will be honest, something I battle with. I have to say, it's okay if I don't get the approval from others. It's it's really hard for me to let go of the reins of something. And I think every perfectionist can attest to that. You know, I'm also the high school student council advisor in our school. And to let the kids do something, you know, and it wasn't maybe up to the standard that I think it should be. It's difficult for us perfectionists. So I think it, you know, it came about that way. And I just was thinking about, I was like, yeah, I'm Wonder Poppins. So yeah, it kind of comes from our, my family kind of labeling me that way and me wanting to live up to that. So with your life experience background as a pastor, co-pastoring with your husband and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you could share with our listeners as they begin their journey of healing? You know, like I shared before, one of the biggest lessons I learned and that God taught me was to seek him first. And one of my favorite verses is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And if you remember in that chapter, it's talking about the things that we worry about, just the natural things. All these things will be added to you if you seek me first. I will help take care of the rest. So that is is number one, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, we have that helper, we have that guide, we don't have to do it ourselves. He's there to help us. The next thing is that I really learned was First Peter 5, 6, and 8, casting your care. That was huge when dealing with anxiety, learning how to acknowledge, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And then first of all, humbling myself and saying, okay, I can't do it all. It says, humble yourself. And so humble yourself means, God, I need your help here. I can't do this just myself. Um, and then giving those worries and cares, those things that you're concerned with, giving it to him and letting him work those things out. 
You know, I just imagine throwing my concerns, throwing my care and anxiety at his feet. There's times I wrote it down and just like crumbled it up and threw it. And then just staying alert for how the enemy traps. It says stay vigilant because your enemy is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, for me, one of those things that the devil would do was use busyness Mm -hmm. to creep in. Now, those things I was doing were good things, but it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And it wasn't probably all at the same time. And so the devil just used that busyness and then slowly, little by little, anxiety, it got me to the point of those anxiety attacks. And then the third thing that I really had to learn was, and I believe I always walked in this, but forgiveness. You have to walk in forgiveness. You have to keep, and forgiveness, what it does is if you have any unforgiveness or keep offense in your heart, it clogs the drain of your own healing when you hold on to those things. It just clogs the drain from blessings and everything. So we just got to keep our hearts clear of unforgiveness and offense there. Those are three really practical and powerful tools because we all need to be seeking God first. And truth be told, we're so bombarded with communication with other people that we often don't seek God first. We seek social media, we seek friends, we seek, you know, texting or different things instead of seeking God first and casting our cares on God. And, you know, do we really do that? In all honesty, do we really? We, again, we talk to other people first. We try to do everything on our own. We're such an independent nation, United States. And so, and we forget to be dependent on a God because we can do it ourselves. And forgiving others, yes, because that has anxiety and stuff that gets built up when we have unresolved issues inside of us, like I mentioned at the beginning. So I appreciate all three of those tools that you have given us. Now, how can people connect with you online and purchase your book? Because you did mention at the beginning that now you're an author. Yes. So my latest book is called Planted, a guided study to produce a peace-filled life in an anxiety-filled world. I had no idea that I would be releasing this in a time of pandemic, global pandemic, but God knows. And so um, it was perfect timing. The book is available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, you can get it there or my website, which is shaperministries.com. You can also find me on Instagram, just Colette Shaper and Facebook. I have a Shaper Ministries page there as well. I am going to have a special for your listeners. If they go to my website and order my book through uh, November, it will be 15% off. And I also have an Advent devotional that they will receive for free called Expecting Jesus. And so just a little gift for your your listeners there. Oh, that is wonderful. Thank you, Colette. I am excited for the listeners to be able to sit under your teaching with your Bible study and then to get that extra bonus. So thank you so much for that. So in our last few minutes that we have here, could you pray for our listeners today? Absolutely. Father God, I just thank you for this divine connection with Kristen and with those who are listening today. 
Father, I pray for those who are struggling with anxiety as I did and perfectionism. Uh, Lord, I pray that your peace that passes their understanding would overtake them today. Lord, I, I pray that each precious person listening would trust you enough to cast their cares on you and that they would believe that you care and love them deeply. Lord, I pray healing for all the brokenhearted, uh, that you would bind up their wounds today. And we thank you for these things and purpose to make you the biggest thing in our life. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I love that your dog is praying right along <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is real life. This is real life. Thank you, Colette, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared today can be found at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I would love to stay connected with you, so be sure to find me on Instagram at author Kristen Klaus or on my Facebook page at author Kristen Klaus. I pray this episode of Fully Restored Podcast podcast ministered to you, encouraged you, and that you have some new tools, practical tools, tools that you could do every day to walk out your fully restored story with Jesus. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.